And you're just like, no, I'm trying to sleep, man. Just go away. Okay, Chris, first podcast. How are you feeling? I'm feeling excited. Weird way to show it, Chris, but okay. I appreciate the the enthusiasm. Have you ever done a podcast before? You know, you're actually doing a... Nope. I know it might already be out by the time we release this, but it might not. If not, either way, it's still a plug. You're doing a podcast tomorrow, aren't you? Uh, so it's with a guy called Loki um, who uh, played guitar for Michael Graves, who I toured with. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, he lives in Nashville. He's from New York. Hey! Oh, he's actually, he's from New Jersey. Sorry, he'd probably be fucking yeah, well, well offended we'll, by we'll, me saying we'll he's from New down. York. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's not from New York. So New Jersey, really nice guy. Uh, no idea what we're going to talk about, uh, but the pod, but the podcast is called Talking Trash, and it's on um, LokiGuitarOfficial.com. So um, me and Chris, yeah. uh, we decided we wanted to do a podcast yesterday, and today we're doing it without even thinking about what the name could be, um, or really what we're going to talk about. Me and Chris, we kind of have some interesting yeah. conversations from time to time, and we thought maybe let's just record it and see what happens. We have already recorded this podcast, and so we're just doing a little intro to it. And this podcast, we just—I mean, it wasn't planned, but this is how it how, how it panned out. This this podcast is kind of how Chris got into uh, how we picked music up in the first place, like, like what got him into being interested in, in, in performance and art in general. Uh, but we go on a massive tangent about obviously COVID-19 comes up here and there. Yeah. Um, we talk about the struggles of writing music, um, and production of music. Uh, we talk about how we came to start, the band, from my yeah. perspective, at least, um, and the the things I learned along the way, and also some of the things Sean's learned along the way. Okay, so cool. yeah, so this we're you. not going to make the intro too long because this episode is already a little bit longer than we'd originally set out to do. We want to do like an hour-long episode, and this is definitely looking like nearly a two-hour one, unless I cut most of it out, which I don't want to do. Um, so I just want to hear, I want you guys to hear it just as it is, um, without without any editing. So that's yeah. what we want to do. 100%, so should we jump yeah. straight into it? Yep. You know what uh, we've never spoken about, Chris? Um, oh, no. We've never... I've, I don't think I've ever heard the story of how you actually got into music in the first place. Like, oh, how did you even... Like, what made you pick up a guitar? Was it even a guitar that you picked up to start with? Like, there's so many questions. And I've been in a band. How long has it been? For four or five years? Has it been five years? Oh God, has it actually been five years? Well, it's been five years, but obviously things changed and we had a massive lineup change. Yeah. Well, when we say we had a massive lineup change, um, we lost two members of the band <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and basically we just carried on. 
but for me that feels like the start of it because we kind of changed a lot of things yeah so that it feels like a completely different band now uh, but like what actually started what started the whole music thing for you like i don't actually know so um like none of my family were like particularly musical like my mum is so so like you know you know my mum like she's quite old-fashioned she she listens to literally Packle Bell's Canon in D major on repeat that's all she listens to so did you get a guitar and did you shred no so I didn't did you shred on guitar and post that video on YouTube and become viral yeah man did you see that kid yeah I did yeah but so no, wasn't you, no, so I didn't get it. I didn't get it from from the, my family um, until um, my parents kind of went on this like little religious um, discovery voyage where they were exploring different cultures and stuff. It was quite like a romantic thing they were doing. Uh, parents and romance. Let's not talk about it. Um, <clears throat> but they came across um, uh, Hinduism and the Hare Krishna movement and. They went to a few things. It didn't last that long. We went, you know, but we went to a few sort of temples and stuff. And it, a lot of the way they worship is revolving around music. And um, I remember the first time being in what they called a kirtan. It was like, basically all it is, is someone at the front is playing either a harmonium, which is like, you know, those, they're like, you play the piano with one hand, and on the back, there's like bellows that you're pumping with the other hand. Do you know? Do you know? What I mean, have you seen them? I've never seen that instrument. Have you not? So it's no. like it. It's What's like a it box called? that's a harmonium. 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 Carry on. I'm going to Google it as you. Yeah, but anyway, it's like a box that it's got like giant bellows that you unlock on the back, and then you you constantly pump air through these <laughs> valves, and then play the piano one-handed with the other hand. And the keys look exactly like a piano. Oh, so this is a tiny. This is a tiny type kind of piano let me see the your picture it, let's see yeah it's, it's like a box probably like i don't um, know 70 okay so what i'm looking at now i'm actually looking at it looks like um ah uh, uh, um oh, oh my god what's it called um an accordion it's, it's, it's kind of yeah, accordion oh my god yeah I, it works for some the same in my way. Head, i wanted to say arcadian it, <laughs> it works okay. exactly the same way as an accordion that's it yeah but it's like that yeah. picture makes it look small, but it's literally like heart, like the, I can't my, like that big on its side. Um, it's quite, it's like half the length of a piano. So it's quite small for people it's, that can't see this. It's a small, <laughs> it's like thing. 70 centimeters okay. wide. Right. Anyway. So basically someone sits at the front of the room, plays one of those. There's someone on a drum, like a double ended drum called a Mrindanga. And it's like, those kind of beats and then someone is singing lines either in english or in like sanskrit or um, some hindu language and then everyone else in the room just repeats the line back so it's like a proper call and response that's what kirtan is they'll they'll sing lines of worship it's like oh, okay. they'll sing something and then everybody sings it back then they'll sing something and everybody sings it back and uh i remember i was really i can't remember how old i was like probably eight maybe and i remember thinking oh okay. my god this is incredible like and it was the first time that i guess <laughs> that was pretty much my first gig i ever went to literally <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and 
the first time I experienced music that wasn't Packlebell's Canon in D playing from my mum's record player. Do you know what I mean? And um, I remember feeling it, like feeling it inside me. And it was, and obviously a lot of people there were feeling it for other reasons, like to do with praising whatever Lord they want to praise. Um, but I was feeling it literally, I was feeling the music and I ended up getting involved in it. And I was, you know, I was obviously very young, but they'd let me have a go on this harmonium thing. And then I ended up like leading the Kurtam at this place in Germany, which is, this is my first ever gig, by the way. When oh, I was wow. like, so okay. when I was, I think when I was 10, I led this Kurtam in Germany in front of about it was a lot of people. It was over a thousand people in this big tent thing, right? And and I would just sit, and I only did one song, and it, I, I I was so nervous, and I sat down, and there was a, a Maharaj who was like my um, um, friends with my parents, and he was like, "Go on, Chris, you got this. You got this. actually he was German, so he had like a, a really heavy German accent, and he's like, "Go on, Chris, you can do this," and I was like, "Okay, okay," and I remember going. Like pumping the harmony, and then I was like, I can't remember the words now. Otherwise, I'd sing it, but it was in Sanskrit. It was like a just a like a Hindu song. Oh, so you were playing this thing and you were singing also. Yeah. So that, and I remember the mic okay. stand. I remember the mic stand. It was I was sat down cross legged on the floor on a stage playing this thing, and the mic stand went all the way up, way above me by about two meters. And then it was like bent over and came all the way back down. Like it was a really tall boom stand and they just bent it all the way over for me. So it looked stu like now that I work in touring and I set up mic stands all the time, that is a stupid way to set up a mic stand. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and I played that song and I remember the feeling coming off, um, coming off stage, just like buzzing, you know, that like absolutely thinking that was incredible like wow and everybody's singing at it at that point did you could you ever think that you would do anything other than that at that point I, I wouldn't say that i knew straight away but it definitely because i didn't really fully understand i didn't fully understand the feeling um but it's definitely the start of something and um after that um uh, obviously i was in school and um there was uh, a drum teacher who was outside of the school, came to the school to, to offer lessons to people. So you had to pay for them. It wasn't included in the school, but like it was like after school lessons or lessons in lunchtime. So it was drums. And I thought, music, I can, I can learn something because it was the first lesson I got offered, you know? And um, yeah. so I took up drums first. I, I had... Um, uh, lessons and I ended up having lessons with a guy called Tom Carr who you've met you've met Tom I've Carr? met Tom Carr so yeah. me and Tom Carr started learning drums yeah. at the same time and then um, we've got drunk with Tom Carr yeah where, where? we got drunk we yeah we, we went out we went to uh, we went to Uproar in Birmingham uh, which is our local nightclub rock club um, well before the whole Covid situation which I actually really miss you know um but yeah, I remember getting really drunk with him. I'm sure you were there because I can't imagine me being there with Tom Carr and you not being there. Mm. Um, but we were sat on the floor in Domino's eating a pizza. Sat on the floor? Sat on the floor. in. Well, they didn't have like a seating area, so we had to sit on the floor. I Do you remember, remember this? Was it after my yeah. birthday? I feel was it after the... Um oh, yeah. It was when we went to go and watch the Ataris. The Ataris, yeah. We stayed out. 
Yeah, this is this. Uh, so no, we stayed out. They weren't got very really good. drunk. They weren't very good. Um, they would have been. They're a very nostalgic band yes. for both if of us. I, I love. Yeah, about this. I love that. I used to love um, the So Long Astoria album, and mm-hmm. uh, literally love it. And, and, and Tom Carr to and Tom Carr did actually. And um, yeah. actually, it's good that we talked about. That's where it. I met him. That's the first yeah. time I ever met him. Um, but so that's a good thing to talk about because Tom Carr um, was actually quite an important person in my life. He, he, um, we started learning, we became friends because we both had drum lessons and we sort of went, Oh, do you want to practice uh, like outside of the lessons and get better? Like, should we both go up to the rehearsal room, which was above the art class in school? Should we both go at lunchtime and like practice? And we used to just take it in turns playing on a kit and then like challenge each other to play. And then, um, I actually the first kind of band I I got got in was um was with him but he'd already like bagsied the position of drummer right so <laughs> uh, they were called the flock and they had it was like basically everyone in the band was in school with what me what the flock what the flock man and uh everyone in the band was in the school with me um uh and they had a rapper Sorry, no, they had a singer, and because Linkin Park was so big at the time, they were like, we need a rapper. And then the, <laughs> Tom Carr was like, Chris, do you want to rap in the band? No. And, and the reason why he asked me is because in the music lessons at the time, we were doing like, we had to like record a cover. And I did a cover of Rage Against the Machine, Wake Up, because it was at the end of the Matrix credits. It's the one that goes, you know that one? Oh, please tell me you know that Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Although you're trying to discredit, <laughs> Sorry, I do know that you still one. never read it. And um, he'd seen me do that. So he was like, Chris can rap. And then basically I joined this band as a rapper and then um, they, <laughs> they re- we were practicing in Tom Carr's bedroom, right? And I'm not kidding you. It, is, it was, um, you know, the, the cleaning cupboard that you set up a studio in for a while uh, here at the college. Yeah. So it's it, uh, yeah. obviously anyone who's listening doesn't know how big it is. It's literally a cupboard. You could probably fit a single bed in it and at the end of the single bed, you could fit another half a single bed, right? That you'd agree with that. Yeah, that's it. And Tom, yeah. so Tom yeah. Carr's room was like that, uh, except it was a square, not a rectangle. So you could fit a sink, probably you could probably fit a double bed and a du- half a double bed at the end of the double bed. So what he did was we tipped the double bed up against the wall and then put the drums in there. And I had this these little Bose PA speakers that I was like, mum and dad, I've joined a band and I need a PA to, to, to rap through. <laughs> and they were like, we don't know it. We don't need it. We don't know anything about PA. And actually what's so funny is, neither did I. This is so funny. Like, you know the speakers that I have actually here in front of me now that I use to, they're studio monitor speakers, which I use to mix yeah. on, right? I thought that was a yeah. PA system. And literally, <laughs> right, uh, we, I got my parents well. to buy them and they're so expensive at the time. Like, um, they're Elisis MK2s, they're called. They're literally just studio monitor speakers. They look like hi-fi speakers. And I was like, I just looked at the watts. Like, they can do, like, I can't remember what it was, 400 watts. And I was like, oh, they're definitely loud enough. We need them. And then they arrived. Against and I was the like, drum kit. And I was like, oh, amazing, amazing. Got my PA. And then 
Um, had you ever seen a PA system? Had no. You, like, no, the only gig I'd ever been surely, to. Surely, surely when you did... When yeah, you did your first ever show. Yeah, so obviously they, there uh, would have been a PA there. I didn't even understand it. I didn't even know. You were just too all you were I buzzing knew, on the moment. All I knew it? is that yeah. people people sing into microphones and they somehow make people hear you. I'm sure like if anyone's you know, like I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I honestly in my head I can't imagine the PA system that was there in Germany at that gig. I've got no idea, I don't remember it. Um but uh, yeah, so I'm trying to sing through these speakers. Obviously, they're not loud enough over the drum kit, right? So I'm like turning up the amp with them all the way, and it blows the driver in the speaker. Literally, just blows it up. So my parents have bought me oh, these no. really expensive speakers, and then I literally destroyed it straight away. And then someone I spoke to was like, "Duh, Duh. no, that's not a PA speaker. That's a, they're studio monitors." Could you go back and tell? Uh, past Chris you know what he's doing wrong like oh just okay assume that that was me and I've done it I've got hey Chris I've got this problem you know I'm practicing with my band and I've got some really good speakers here's a picture of them and then you see in the monitors right now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what am I doing wrong I've blown I've blown them I thought that this this is what it was for yeah, what would your response me... be now well I'd be nice <laughs> you know <laughs> but I'd be like um yeah yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> you're just wrong. Like, I mean, I didn't know. Do you know what I mean? And um, uh, anyway, ended up buying this Bose system. Um, I think we got ripped off for it secondhand. That was a lot. My parents, my parents, honestly, like, still to this day, so supportive of of, of everything I do. I, you know, I got a lot to thank them for, and I'm sure as we talk. Um, while we're doing these podcasts they'll come up a lot in how they've helped me with things and stuff oh yeah but um yeah so they helped me out bought me yeah. an actual pa system <laughs> it was still a small one but it was it was enough to rap over the drums anyway i did one practice as a rapper one and then i sung a chorus i think we did a cover of in the end by lincoln park and i sung the chorus and they said oh you're better than our other singer do you want to just be the singer? And then they kick the other guy out of the band. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was a singer in a band when I wanted to be a drummer because Tom Carr was already the drummer and I didn't know how to sing. And um, we decided that the name changed about 25 times in two weeks and we'd be settled on uh, the name Heroes for All. And Tom Carr okay. was listening to pop punk from America. He was listening to Warp Tour compilation CDs, uh, the Ataris, like we just said. What, y- um, what year was this, though? Because um, I think I think we all were at that. Yeah, when, when Ataris I'm, was out, sort of. So I'm going to say 2000 to 2006. We we're all pop punk, wasn't we? Yeah, I would say this. This what we're talking about now was probably 2002 ish. Yeah. Maybe 2001, actually. And, um, yeah. Bloody hell, that's like literally nearly 20 years ago. Shh, don't talk about it. Anyway. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so then I was a singer in a band and uh, they had a rhythm guitarist who wanted to play lead. 
Uh, so they were like, Chris, do you want to just play guitar? And I'd never picked a guitar up in my life. And I remember the guitarist showing me how to play a power chord and it hurt my fingers to, to, to do that, that shape. You, you know, start, the power start, chord shape. You start getting the cramps and the... Yeah, it was horrible. I was like, how can people play this? And my strumming patterns, my, my strumming was literally like, brown, 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 brown. I had no idea how to do anything other than just go, hit the strings down repeatedly on the beat. One, two, three, four, brown, brown, brown. Do you know, do you know, like, I've... I've tried to teach a few people how to play guitar. I've, I've never kind of sat with them for too long. But I, I don't know if you ever feel this. You know when you teach somebody how to do something that you've been doing for years? So, like, my job as a painter and decorator, sometimes we get apprentices in and we I have to show them how to do it. And I've been doing that for years. It's yeah. so weird seeing them do stuff that I totally forgot that I used to do. And it's the same with guitar. Like, I'll go, oh, God. I totally forgot how hard this is. And at the moment, Amy's trying to... She's learning to drive. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously with the lockdown situation. Luckily, we, she's bought her own car. Uh, so we've got learner plates. And because the roads are empty, we can sort of drive around without any interruption. Or, I hope you're you driving know. to and from your daily exercise. Yes. And... The, no, actually, we and did it shopping. yesterday. Yeah, we were shopping. It was to, at Tesco, and we kind of just took the long way home. <clears throat> um, driving is another one of those things that, of course, like both of us, we've both done that for years. And when you show somebody how to do it for the first time, you're like, man, I totally yeah. forgot how hard this actually yeah. like was. Like, There's so much in it that your yeah. brain does so much stuff and you're that, just so used to it now. You just—it's so subconscious. Yeah, really yeah. weird. But it, yeah, I mean, she's doing well. She's had six lessons, but she's she's doing well now. But like, uh, yeah, it's hard. So anyway, yeah. you were doing the, your power chords. Yeah, fingers were the power bleeding. Chords, basically, you were and then down we, on your life. Yeah, and we were like, <laughs> and we go right. Let's. Um, uh, so I was kind of sometimes playing guitar, sometimes not, and then there was also another guy. Um, who would play some lead and so then our rhythm guy would just play rhythm so I was playing guitar in some songs and just singing in other songs and we thought let's let's write and record an album a, a, a 16 track album in three days so we did <laughs> so <laughs> we actually still got that I did have it I did and actually I'll send a link to this to Tom Carr and um uh, I'll ask uh, Tom, have you actually got uh, any other recordings still? Because it would be so funny to hear it. Also, so we recorded all the music with one microphone, and the microphone I had was for talking on AOL online, right? Okay. And it was like a little Throwback. tiny. It's a tiny little stalk microphone, like oh, you have. Oh, I remember those, and remember? they had like a green. Um, they had like a. Did yours have like a green mini jack thing? Yeah, that you plugged? yeah, yeah, it did. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and uh so we put because the music was so loud we didn't know what gain was you know we just it is what the level it is so we just put the microphone in another room far away and we were like there you go it's not sounding all horrible i didn't know what distortion what like what peaking was i was like well moving it further away is better so we put it we actually put it upstairs and there was a little hole in the floor which went down to the kitchen and then we were playing in the living room 
So like the sound is actually going from the living room, through a doorway, into the kitchen, <laughs> through a hole in the floor to the where the mic was upstairs. And um, uh, and we wrote, we wrote 16 songs and recorded 16 songs in three days. Some of them were already written, but we fi- fi- finished them and recorded them. Do you know, in- I think that in itself, it doesn't really matter what the songs sound like. If somebody asked me to write 16 songs in three days... I, I honestly don't think it doesn't matter if if they said literally it doesn't matter I can't think of a situation where anybody would ever ask that but like I don't think I could do it I honestly do not let, think I could do let it let me show you right hang on I think I can remember how to play one part no. of one of the songs let me grab my own let me grab the it's electric guitar so it's going to sound terrible but hang okay. on so I'm actually on a Skype call with Chris. Um, <clears throat> we're hoping to do this podcast when, so, we're, uh, when we get closer to... Well, so, when the, when the uh, COVID thing kind of... Well, we're in a second lockdown at the moment, at the time of recording this. Um, so we're do- having to do this over a Skype call. We're hoping to do this in the same room um, going forward. But So at the moment, Chris is on Skype, but his background isn't where he is. He's, he's giving himself like quite a respectful... Room to sit in. <laughs> Go on then, Chris. Right, so the floor it goes, is yours. I think the riff was, and then the, the lyrics were literally like, "Skills are red, skills are blue, skills are pink and orangey too. Skills are red, skills are yellow. Just shut the fuck up and eat some skittles. Only twenty nine p from the fucking groceries. Literally, that is." Dude, can we record? Do you know what? At some point, because this is our first podcast that we've done, um, we're gonna, we're gonna have to record that. Tom, oh, Carr's, no. Tom Carr has to come down and record the drums for. Do it. the drums? Yeah, yeah. And, and it was um, literally like. It was literally like the simplest song, and the verses were just the same riff, but par muted, so it went. Do you think your brain would allow you to write such a song now, or do you honestly think I can't? Because I feel like I have a. I mentally cannot do something <clears throat> I don't think is my best at the moment. I mean, that sounds quite pretentious. I don't mean, that. like, musically, I've sort no. of trained myself to kind of, I can't write something. It has to be the best. And it, 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 it's not, I'm not giving myself a compliment. It's actually such, it hinders me uh, so much. And there's so many unwritten songs I've got on my laptop that I've just, like, three seconds long because I just, it, that yeah. bit sounded great. I just no, can't I th- progress from it. I think that is a, a common thing. I'm, I definitely feel the same as you right now. Like I've like that Skittles song. My attitude, my attitude was so different back then. You know, it was like, that's fun to do. Let's do it. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes that's, that's a great thing to have, but I feel like, we're beyond we're beyond that now because we want to i think we're looking at songs in a different way we're looking at them as something we want to be proud of and enjoy listening to in a long time whereas i know if i listen to that skittles song now i'll be like well that's hilarious (laughs) done (laughs) you know um no i'm not saying that uh that it's not a lyrical genius song i mean so 
back then I, I, I well I still can't really write lyrics let's be honest like for anyone who doesn't know Sean writes all the lyrics in the band and uh, when Boots was in the band Boots and Sean obviously both wrote the lyrics but um, even though I was a singer in that first band Always I didn't drunk. write the lyrics me and Boots for some reason every time we used to write there was alcohol involved I, I have no idea really? why yeah when we did um, when we wrote uh, Save a Life which was a song that we wrote for like a for um, an anti-knife campaign. We did that like years ago. That was uh, uh, I was a bass player for the band at the time, um, and so like me and Boots stayed up until six o'clock in the morning, and we were hammered. <laughs> I don't I don't know why <laughs> he just got rum out, and we didn't stop. Um, he got the rum out, eh? But yeah, I mean, it made us. It kind of. It, it, I had a good time writing that. That's actually one of my most uh, fond moments of working musically with Boots. You know. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, and and like, you you did all sorts of clever things with that, didn't you? You you wrote down like a because uh, obviously the, the subject of the song had been decided you yeah. knew you know what we wanted to do and and I, you did like a word cloud thing didn't you to yeah we to come did up with, yeah. that's yeah. something i've never done well not to that extent it was actually to be quite honest that was more boots's idea and it did work and you know what i should probably do that um at the moment i just kind of like scat until i find something that sounds to me i'm more of a melody person Mm. and i can find the melody at some point i'll find a melody but god this is what this is where it gets really hard is the lyric i can't get the lyric but what i should do is probably brainstorm some things and um i could probably get to that point a lot quicker it's yeah. uh it's, it's just a weird thing mentally honestly writing music i remember talking to you about this the other day and you were saying a lot of stuff that definitely resonated with me like writing is either the best thing i could do emotionally or the worst and it could either it could either either make my week or destroy me for that day um yeah but 100 i i am 100 percent with you on I that like sometimes don't even know why we do it like i sometimes contemplate my my whole existence because mm. I've spent two hours doing what I feel like is nothing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, it's like writer's block, but the musical version of writer's block. And you hear like authors going, literally going crazy over yeah, it. And you stuff. know what? I totally understand why artistic people and creative people lose the plot. I totally mm. understand it because if I didn't remove myself from the situation and a lot of the time I'm forced to move, remove myself from the situation. Like for instance, it's like, a, um, it's, it's a weeknight and it's getting on to midnight and I know I've got to be up for half past five. So I'm like, I've got to get off now. I can't do this. I've, yeah. I've got to stop. Uh, I've got to get up for work in the morning. Um, but if I, if I sat there, I would sit there until five, six o'clock in the morning because time does not exist when I'm sat oh. there. It just does not exist. You know that I like, have to apologise so many times. Like I'm, I'm, I've sat there at a computer and I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing, and literally, what, what, what the craziest thing is about it? I've written probably about fifteen, twenty seconds of. Material. It's only 15, 20 seconds of something that you would hear in a song. 
but for some reason I've been here for five, six hours. Yeah. And um, that's completely the afternoon gone. Um, you know, Amy's downstairs watching TV and I know, Amy's never moaned about it. She's totally fine. She really does support, uh, alongside with my parents as well. Um, they, you know, she really does support this and she understands how hard because she's quite a creative person herself so it takes her a long time to do certain things um but i have to go down and i have to apologize because it i wasn't meant to stay there for so long i just it just it happens and it's the weirdest thing i can't man you're you're so right when you say time doesn't exist exist when you're in that like i have gone uh an entire day without eating or drinking anything. Oh, and then you feel because so of, ill at yeah, the end of the day. It hits yeah. you at the end, yeah. yeah. And, and you're just there. And, and, and because you're so into the moment, it's the same when, like, if you're getting into just mixing a song. Like, uh, you know, if you send me some, some of your, you know, if you have an idea and then you send me your demo stems and I'm having a go mixing it, I'm like, hours go by. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I haven't oh. I haven't checked my phone. I haven't even yeah. checked my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just you just locked in in the zone. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone has that with their passion. I'm sure. Like, you know, if if you like like you were talking about Amy cross stitching that picture of a bird. Yeah. I'm sure she got. I'm sure she spent hours doing that locked Dude, in. There and was didn't thousands even... and thousands of stitches involved, and. Um... Yeah, she was literally on it all night. And she does it, but she does it also while she's listening to whatever's on the TV. So it's kind of like something that she does in a downtime. In, in fact, just before recording this, I actually sat well, I sat downstairs with her and I was like, you should totally teach me how to do this because um, I think maybe it might be what I need, at, you know, just to completely... Because I don't know if you get this as well, Chris, you know when you're writing a song... Chris is opening a beer with a pair of uh, grip pro- uh, what are they pliers just were they it's pliers, pliers yeah. I, they, they, they just disappear because of that stupid background <laughs> you've got oh, okay <laughs> yeah what are you drinking are you drinking beer um, as well well I was drinking oh, I was drinking wine but that, that's gone oh um, boy but yeah um, do you know what if somebody I, I want to know if I'm on my own on this um do you know when you're writing music and you feel like you're getting something, you get you like you kind of like something is turning. Like yeah. you've been grinding on something, and then all of a sudden, okay, this could be it. It all of a sudden validates every moment that you've spent trying to get to this point. Yeah. Has anybody ever walked in and distracted you, and you just get so angry? <laughs> like <laughs> I get so angry when like. I have to stop. Like, for instance, if I've got to get up in the morning or like, you know, like Amy's like probably made me food downstairs. Like, you know, and like, I've got to stop. I'm like, no, I've got <laughs> <laughs> it just, it takes so long to get there. Um, and it's fine. I'll, I'll come back to that same situation to my little writer's cave and just zone straight back into that sort of, Yeah. and it's totally fine. I don't know why yeah. I, I get, it, I, honestly emotionally taxing and I you know I feel like that is not professional I do not feel like 
well, I'm not a professional songwriter because, you know, uh, you know, I'm not. <laughs> I, go, I go to work. But do you know what? I, I'll write a song and I'll have... So if I... For at, the moment, at the moment, I'm writing a song and it kind of goes... Dana, dana. Oh, I'm totally going to rip off another song now. Trying to <laughs> relay this back to you. Um, it's like... Dana, 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 dana. Oh no, this sounds so terrible. But it's like... Yeah, so I'm... And because I've been on that for hours, I'll go to bed and my brain's just going... Literally, there's just a voice, and it's always my voice, which makes it so much worse. Just going... (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, no, I'm trying to sleep, man. Just go away. And then literally this morning... Like, I woke up, my alarm, if you can just imagine, like, an alarm tone being completely different, like, mine's like a... And then I wake up, turn it off, the second I press, so it goes... Like, I <laughs> yeah, woke up to yeah, it, like, it's that ingrained. I, so. I could, that is exactly the same as me. Uh, to, literally to the T. Yeah, 100%. And uh, also, the opposite happens sometimes. I get, I get a, like a, a melody or a riff in my head, and it sounds amazing in my head. And I'm like, yes. And it's and it gets stuck in my head because I'm thinking about it so much, not because I've recorded it yet. And then I'll sit down and be like, right, time to record this amazing riff. This is the one. It's the one. And I'll put, I'll record it, and I'll be like, hmm. Well, that's shit. <laughs> Do you sing it in your head? Do you sing it in like someone else's voice and you can't seem to get... Because I get that all the time. In fact, I've yeah, done it today. It's not so- Literally, I have written a full chorus today because um, obviously when I'm painting houses, like I'm, I'm working on my own. So I'm on my own all the time. And uh, if I'm not listening to music, I'll listen to a hell of a lot of podcasts, which I'm sure we'll talk a lot about. Um, but I'll also like try writing music in my head. Um, and sometimes I've, Chris, I'm not going to lie. I've written, I've written n- number one hits. I, I really have in my head. There is no way this is going to t- number one. There's just no way. And then you record it and it's like, how could I have been so wrong? I know. But sometimes it's not because, well, in my mind, <laughs> it's not because I was wrong. Like, the song in my head is fucking incredible. But it's translating it from my head into the computer. It messes up. And it doesn't sound like how I wanted it to sound. And then because I'm listening to what I'm recording instead of what I'm imagining now... I lose track oh, of yeah. what I was imagining Boy. in the first place. And it gets replaced with the shit sounding version. Yeah. And then I forget why it was so good in my head in the first place. That, in fact, I've never thought about it like that yeah. before. And that, that is what happens with me all the time. And I scrap it. I, I, yeah. Because I have a hard drive of limited space, I go, there's an option. When in my, the, the DAW software I use to record, I can, if I go file delete project, it goes, do you want to delete all the... Um, all the audio you've just recorded for this project as well. It's like, do you want to just tidy up and delete it? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and then it's, it's all gone. The whole thing's gone. And who knows if that, if that could have ended up sounding like it did in my head, it might've been really good. But it, I think for me, I don't know about you. For me, it's like a, out of 
30 songs in my head, one ends up sounding actually good as I'm recording it, literally. Yeah. The rest is just, maybe I'm not sticking at it long enough. Maybe, maybe I piss myself off and just give up too soon. I don't know. Yeah. But literally, it's about, it's about a 30 to 1 ratio yeah. at the moment. <laughs> I have better times and worse times, but yeah. yeah. Well, so that's, like, that, that's what happens. I think with me, I think production has a lot of lot to do with it as well. Um, so I record um, on Logic, and um, obviously, Chris, you're a lot better at the whole sound engineering uh, than I am. But part of that is probably because you're a sound engineer. Um, that would probably be part <laughs> of it. But what I would what I would say before you carry on is that in the last year. You've gone from, like that's not. Be- I know. I know, you know what I'm gonna. No, no, no. Even before you bought the new, even before you bought the new plugins that you're using now, right? You were, you went, you were, had made a massive improvement. Literally, I, I don't know what you did, but I feel like um, that was a case of having to for my own satisfaction. Um, yeah, and you, know, I. I do love a good produced. Yeah, you know, I, I like I like the idea of being into um, sound engineering and and sort of into that. But for me, it, it that just seems to be a hurdle, which only seems to be getting higher and higher. The more I write music, um, yeah. So that kind of gets in my my way. Actually, the the problem is, and it's the truth of it is, when you're writing music. It's step one. It's it. You know, step ten is when it's finished and produced Do and mastered. You know mastered. what? But I, you want you want it to come out of your head into the computer at step I, ten. Yeah, yeah, I do. But also, yeah. if I can get a song written, I will be. Uh, uh, for me, I feel so light. I feel it. It a massive weight has been lifted off me, and that, yeah. it's, it's not because I'm putting too. Well, I guess it is because I'm putting too much pressure on myself, but. I know what it is, but it's a good feeling. Oh, then that is literally I, honest. You know what? If I could ever pinpoint the moment, and it's not a produced song, it's not even hearing it back when it's fully recorded and it's been produced, and we've you know sent back our revisions. And what it is is it, it's the feeling of finishing a song and listening back to it. As long as the production's okay and it's listenable, just just as a demo. Mm. I can, I, that's fine. I, but that is the reason I never gave up years ago. And, but yeah. the whole production thing, I don't think I could go, go back. I don't think I could go back to the days where I had to record on a tape player and dub over the same, you know, and then maybe have to re-record the same thing because when you used to record onto tape, it, it, um, the, the first thing that you'd record would be like really faint, so you'd have to record it again. <laughs> but and then yeah, I went from yeah. that to like an eight-track boss recorder type thing, and it was like a, it was like a little mix, little mixer table, and so you're like eight-track. The thing is, and I what? never used to double anything. I never used to do anything like that. But it was just. Oh, I want guitar. So I'd record guitar, all with the same microphone. Terrible microphone. A microphone yeah, yeah. that has a built-in cord and a uh, a jack. 
Um, and you just plug it in there and you start recording. Or you just, you know, and I, I've still got those recordings. There's two that are on YouTube and they don't really? sound that bad, but like I couldn't go back to that. And you know what, Chris, this is about to open up a whole other topic of conversation because I was actually talking to my brother about patience and how as you get older I feel like the most enthusiastic you will be about anything will be probably between the ages of 18 and 25 right and then after that it kind of just diminished and I, I can definitely feel that way I don't know if you agree with that but the content that some kids are bringing out at the moment so I showed you a video of a guy who's like cutting. It's like kind of like spinning his head around, and he's like changing his hat. And you know, oh, yeah, in yeah, the video, yeah. it kind of looks like it's a TikTok, it's like a TikTok, isn't TikTok it? yeah. And you see people that are editing. And yes, it is easier to record videos and to edit and to. But that's the kind of shit that I did years ago when it was hard to do when it was really hard to do like i'd like yeah. put you know when we used to record onto like mini tape players and we used to do skate videos or something as a kid like we'd go yeah. through the effort of doing all that but now when it's readily available and you could so easily do it we don't we choose not to for some reason we just choose not to <laughs> and maybe that's just because we feel like we've We've grown out of that type of thing. I mean, we're still creative people. We'll still spend hours on end either recording a podcast or doing the Twitch uh, channel on a Wednesday night. Um, 9 p.m. Twitch.tv forward slash that dollar. Thank you. I was going to say that, but like, I just couldn't think, <laughs> think of what it was. Um, you know, or writing music or, or, or whatever. We, we're still creative people, but you okay there, Chris? Hang on. Someone's. I've got a TV that's got a Chromecast plugged into it and someone's literally just started playing something on my TV and I don't know what it is. I really don't know what Hang it on. is. Let's have a listen. Okay, Google. Turn off the TV. Someone put on a stupid um, song because they know that we're, rec we're, we're recording this I'm podcast. I'm extremely Definitely. sorry for anybody that was listening to this podcast whilst watching their TV and um, have their... Uh, I won't say oh, yeah, cause yeah. I said, Do you know I what? I said the word, sorry. Yeah, you, do you know, it's weird. That's so weird that there's some things you oh, can't no, say. I could have turned off people's TVs. Yeah, listen to us, guys. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Multitasking. What are you doing watching TV? Are you just... Is oh, it on mute? God. Are you even listening? Do you even... <laughs> hi, hello. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, yeah. that's that, that's... That's something I've been thinking about recently, and it's weird how we got to that halfway through. No, I, I think it's not just that. I think um, I think the world has changed a lot. It's not just our. It's not enthusiasm levels. I don't think it's. I don't think you're completely right in saying that your enthousi enthusiasm levels drop after twenty five. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I just think your priorities and things you're enthusiastic about change. For example, I've, you know, knowing that my van won't be used for a while, I'm, I'm pretty enthusiastic about turning it into a little camper van style thing to get away in, you know? And there's enthusiasm there. Yeah. You know? I, mean, and, I guess that, uh, yeah, I used to as be, a kid, that is not even something you would even 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, my enthusi- what I'm enthusiastic about has changed. I think music might be the longest thing I've been enthusiastic about. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more enthusiastic now, for example, about the other things involved in being in a band other than the writing. Like, when I was younger, I... I mean, don't get me wrong, I still hate... I didn't get into music to try and run a business like that I didn't. But I'm a lot more enthusiastic about it now than I have been in the past. Like, I remember when Boots was... Even just re- as recently as when Boots was in the band, it was nice to just say to Boots, like, go on, then there you go. Cheers, mate. <laughs> we'll just... Uh, I'll just... Uh, I'll just play guitar, yeah? Can I just play guitar? Yeah, see. Cheers, man. You're going to do everything else, yeah? I mean, not that I ever did it to that extent, but, like, definitely did it more so then. Like, you know, I just... I I like it more now than I ever have done before, and I feel, like, enthusiastic. For example, about, you know, you brought the idea of doing this podcast, and it's like you hit the nail on the head in my head. I was so excited. I was like, yes, another aspect where we can can communicate with people and enjoy talking about our lives and things that we're doing which are band related and are not band related yeah i think there's (laughs) there's a lot of things that i enjoy in life however i think the first few podcasts that we do will be a little bit of an introduction to um to ourselves for people that don't know who we are or the people that don't watch the uh, also, if you're not watching us on a wednesday night playing games and acting stupid i don't know what you're doing on a wednesday night what, what's mm. happening on a Wednesday night? What's more important? Well, I'll tell you what is happening on a Wednesday night, Sean, at 9pm on twitch.tv forward slash led by lanterns. It's uh, friends, musicians, playing games, chatting about stuff, getting guests on from other bands, other artists, chat about their music, chat about what they're up to, play some games, have a laugh. We, get, we, play, we play against, also we play against the people watching, get them in the game, you know, come and join us. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. There's, I think the there's plug. a lot of the there's gun. a lot of artists at the moment that are now branching out and being just general creators rather than musicians. We've got no, we've kind of got no choice. I don't think. People, Co- yeah, COVID I is think it's, God, a it's curse so, it's and a blessing. Yeah, absolutely, it's changed everything. I mean, for better and for worse, because yeah, there's a. It's ruined live music. At Let's the moment. Be honest. Right at the now, moment, live music I think is when dead. it comes, yeah, I think I think when it comes back, and it will come back. But I think yeah. um, when it comes back, it will be so much more appreciated. Now, I never yes. ever felt like music, uh, live music, was underappreciated. I never felt that way. And the reason why I love it so much is because it is so appreciated, and I appreciate pre. They, yeah. The inner, inner, inner you know Sean I'm not even going to edit that out. Whatever. This is real talk. Um, so I like. I really appreciate it, and uh, so you know. But I think I think that is only going to get more heightened as uh, as we kind of get back into it, and and it's not like we're just going to go, hey, live shows are back. Oh, yeah, know. I know. And also, I think I also think now online shows won't go away. I think they're a thing now that's you it's been forced to become nor- a bit more normal to, to do an online show. And I feel like you'd say, say for example, for us, for, for me and you to tour America costs thousands of pounds, right? Let's be honest. We can't Unless afford we that swim. right now. 
Um, and, you know, at a Bandar level, we'll never get paid enough to make it to cover the costs ever. It'll cost us thousands of pounds, right? You know, even the bigger bands that I work for tour America and it costs them thousands of pounds. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So I think it might be more normal now to do an actual tour of the continent that you live in. And then until you can afford it, you do a virtual tour of everywhere else. I think that's like, there's already people making it work very well. Like uh, Youngblood is doing a digital, digital tour. And it's like, <laughs> he, he's actually recorded. He's for no, <laughs> digital, <laughs> <laughs> digital tour. And uh, he's actually recorded the set multiple times through with saying like, hello, New York. Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, and he just plays the whole set once for New York and then they'll play it again for another city, another city and selling tickets that are limited and can sell out like an actual gig. Yeah. And, and, and also different tiers of tickets. Like if you buy the more expensive ticket, you, you get, uh, like a exclusive poster that actually gets sent to you and stuff, you know, like to give you that merch feeling that you get from a live show. I think it is working. Yeah. I, it's um, not the same. I'm not saying it's the same. Do you, don't get me wrong. Do you, like it. Do, uh, are you for or against it? Now, I mean, I'm, I, I know that you're for it now because that is what we're left with. And I know you and I know that you will make the most of, of a bad situation. But I mean, in general, say, say we do go back to... I mean, we never will, will we? I don't think we'll ever go back to any sort of normal state. But say we did, for some reason, live um, these uh, live streams of shows. Do you like that? Do you think that's a good idea? Do you think, or do you think that's? I would. If you're pitting it against live shows, oh no, in real no, life, just as it is, no, just it, no, just it's not existence. Uh, I, yeah, I think it should still exist. Yeah. I think it gives people, people, for starters, people who live in places where tours don't go, have a chance to see it. You know, not everyone can afford to travel yeah. to, to shows, for example. Like, we know people who've only, you know, people who are really, really nice people, good fans of our band. They've seen us once or they've never seen us because one time we played near them and they'd love to see us more often, but we're just not playing near them, you yeah. know? And I, I think the good thing about the digital tour is it is literally worldwide. You're playing all over the world. But can you like, actually say the, that you've seen that band live? Really? Because uh, <laughs> in that case... Yeah, that YouTube, is a very good question. YouTube, I've, I've seen... But it's different when you're Queen. watching a live stream and there's a chat and everyone's yeah. in it together. No, I totally get it. Th there is there is something more magical than just watching a YouTube video involved, like a hundred percent. But no, it doesn't compare to actual live shows. And no, I don't want it to to stay in live shows, not to stay at all. But I think it's gonna stay. It's not gonna go away completely. I don't think. Well, I it's honestly because, think. And I it's think like it will. I think it will. Well, I think it will. If, because at the moment, at the time of recording, so I don't know how long this is going to take to edit. I don't know how long it's going to take to, we haven't even got, a, at this point, we haven't got a name for the podcast. So yeah. <laughs> when you're listening to this, to obviously, 
when you're listening to this, it's going to have a name. Yeah, obviously, we're going to have to think decide, of something. But, um, yeah. but we, I don't know. It, if the vaccine seems, is some sort of miracle cure. Like, I actually didn't want to talk about COVID too much because it's, it's all people hear about. But in this instance, it's obviously, we kind of need to. It's, it's, it's kind of changed everything. And we, but if we go back to a state where it just... Remember that time where everyone was getting COVID and it was like a really bad time and we all had to social distance and then that vaccine came about and it was totally, you know, mm. everything was restored back to... Very unlikely that it's going to happen, but let's just say, it, 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 let's say that could happen. I honestly, I, the thing is, every time I go to say it, <laughs> I can't say it because I think of what you've just said about touring around the world and, and people, fans worldwide. Yeah, so here's, here's what I think is going okay, to happen. Okay, no, I, you know what? No, I changed, ev- no, I w- I'm really <laughs> trying to defend live shows. No, but I yeah, can't, so, no, wait, I, so, I do so forget everything I just said. I just I changed. I think what I, what's 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 going to happen is what you used to do is bigger bands would do a tour, they'd record the live show and release it on DVD, right? Right? But I think what's going to happen now is you're going to tour, you're going to record a show, but instead of releasing it on DVD, you're going to sell tickets as an online ticket to the show. And people are gonna people who couldn't come to the shows in real life can then watch the show online after the tour. I think that's that's gonna be the thing. Yeah. So that you can tour in real life and then you can then people who couldn't have made it to the actual tour will come to the online tour afterwards. It's like the next best thing, isn't it? You get to still see the live show. There'll be people in the chat you can talk to, celebrate with. Because I watched a live show last night, actually, a band called As Everything Unfolds, and it was a live live stream. Because James who, uh, James, our old bassist, he manages them. And I, I saw him share it. And I was like, I actually want to watch that because I want to see how it's done live, yeah. live. And to be honest, the audio mix wasn't the best, but the chat was awesome. And there's all people I didn't know because, you know, I, I, I've, I've never seen them live in person. And there's People in there going, like, there's, it's building up to the breakdown. And there's a guy going, Wall of Death? <laughs> and, like, and then everyone's like, fuck yeah, Wall of Death, Wall of Death. One, two, three. But obviously they're way out of time because the drop has already <laughs> happened, but the chat's coming behind time. <laughs> like, but it was, there was something about it. And I was sat there, um, you know, with my girlfriend, Beth, and we were watching it. And, and it, for me and her, you know, she even said to me... Um, this is really nice. Yeah. Like, I know it's more magical now because we can't physically go to a real gig. I know that. But I don't think that, I don't think that magic's going to completely go. I think there's still something in it, definitely. Yeah. I, you know what? You know? <sighs> okay, you know what? If we're having a debate now, I would definitely say that you win. Bec- and the only reason why, the reason yes, why I, I'm going to let you take victory for this is because of the live streams on a Wednesday uh, and when I can't go out and see people. Nor- like Under normal circumstances, I'm kind of an introvert. Like I find it a bit awkward around new people. And um, and during, during the lockdown, I've kind of... During the whole, this whole COVID situation, when all you can do is go to work, 
I, f- I found that the Twitch stream has been a very comforting thing on a Wednesday night. And, um, 100%. And, and, and you know what? It's almost like... It's weird. But have you, have you ever tried, like, the VR goggles that you can wear? Like, virtual reality... I haven't tried, like pro- like, not I haven't tried any yeah, good just, ones. Just, but if you ever wear anything like that, it's quite like an alien thing to try. Um, <clears throat> but if you wear them for long enough, eventually you forget that you're wearing them and then you s- totally start to... You start to just accept this new reality that has been presented to you. And you're just like, okay, I'm on a roller coaster. Like, you know that you're not, but like your brain is just been like, okay, mm. look, you know. And then when you take them, take the, the, the goggles off, you're quite disorientated. And I get, Yeah, it takes a minute to I sometimes adjust. get that feeling after the tour. Uh, after the tour. What am I talking about? <laughs> after I do get that after tour, but I also get that <laughs> <laughs> I also get that after the after the live streams that we do. And we're playing the games. I can hear you. I can hear Snake. I can hear whoever, whatever guest we have on. And there's the chat going on. And we're chatting back to everybody. And then I take my headphones off. I know exactly and it's like, what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like oh my God, yeah. the whole time I've been in a room, either on my own or Amy's like cross-stitching in the corner. And it takes me a while to like readjust. So, oh, so man. it... I mean, which brings me to like a quite a, squ- sca- a scary or a squarey reality because <laughs> squarey, do you like? Because <laughs> we're watching. <laughs> because um, it's uh, it, these live shows, they kind of do work once you've given it a bit of time to adjust. Um, mm. uh, so the, the rock fest thing that we did. I watched that back, and that was a, a live stream that we that we did, and we played three songs, uh, and uh, quite a few other bands uh, played a few show, uh, few songs on that as well. Watching that back, yeah. almost like it was live, and seeing all the because if you watch it on Twitch, all the comments come through in re- like almost as if it was that you're watching it live, which I think it's great. Ah, oh, you've watched it back since. Is it still on uh, there? I watched it as soon as it had, 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 had finished. Yeah, yeah, no, not uh, like I, w- I wanted to. S- I didn't watch it again. I, I want to watch I it don't again. Know, actually, I, I wouldn't mind watching it. But I got really into it, and obviously, as as we were doing it, we were watching other 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 bands play as well, and it was like, hmm. you know, watching everything sort of like that was the first time that I'd ever watched a live stream. Your no, own not, band? No, not the old band, because that's only like watching. That's only like watching a video of you playing live in oh, a different yeah, situation fair. where everything sounds a bit weird because you're in a room uh, and not a cool building that sounds all echoey and reverby. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's 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 scary because I mean it is different, and I just I worry where that leaves people on an artist's perspective because then. Then nothing, nothing is really real. I I sound like an I sound. Well, yeah, you've you've gone and lost the plot now. What, what if if we just accept that the live streams are going to happen and that imagine okay so what I'm thinking now is imagine a world without live music and all we have is 
live streams. Yeah, but I don't. That'll never. You know, dude. Imagine, imagine if this coronavirus turned into something. Now I don't want to scare people, but it could fucking. Everyone got the T virus and turned into zombies and start killing each other. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't think we'll be like <laughs> huddling into a uh, into a. Into like a, an abandoned shop and so should, should we watch a live stream? <laughs> like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. But like, I mean, you could, you, could, you could delve into the future with this and think, okay, God, man, it, if this is all that we have now, what would, how would that leave the, the music industry? How, w- would people like me still want to be in a band? Probably, because as long as the writing yeah, process but- is still <sighs> organic. I don't know. I think if this if this whole thing becomes permanent and then people get used to it and it is a thing, I think venues will be designed differently. I think you'll go to a gig and you'll be in a glass cube. Whoa. And like, do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what will happen. I think live music will still happen, but you'll be in glass Whoa. cubes. And, know, and if you fart, know, no one can smell it. Yeah. And if but a you tree s- falls in the woods, but no one's around to hear it, does it actually fall? <laughs> Doesn't make a sound. <laughs> imagine being saying. at that show and you're watching your favourite artist. You're, you're watching Gary Barlow and through a glass, glass cube. cube. Gary Barlow's not really there. Hang on, is Gary Barlow really there? Okay, yeah, he's cool. really there. Um, the okay. stage is a glass cube. And, and we're all stood in our own glass cubes that have been sterilised. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So after the show finishes, do we all exit one at a time? One at a time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do. No, you're in a, you're in a. Basically, the ultimate solution would be everyone just wears spacesuits. Okay, that that makes the that's, whole time. It's a little bit more practical, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, like you have to, like it's <laughs> glass it's, cubes. It's a face mask, but it. Imagine how much money <laughs> that would take, and then somebody like Chris just goes, "We should have just like you know, suits would have worked, you know." Ah, we just spent 12 billion (laughs) on this. I think that now that people have decided that you don't look like an idiot wearing a face mask and like... It's strange how normal that is now. Yeah, exactly. I think whenever people get ill from now on, they'll wear a face... I mean, people in Japan have been doing that for years anyway. If you're ill, out of respect, you wear a face mask to try and stop spreading the germs. a photographer that we know uh, actually did this... Now, on our last, was it, yeah, was it, uh, yeah, on our last tour that we played with Waster, um, Anthony Grande, who was the photographer for Waster, he, he, Anthony he, Grande. Yeah, he was wearing a mask. Like, and, and COVID hadn't yeah. even been mentioned. I'm sure it was about, yeah, and we yeah, all got yeah. weirdly ill on that tour. However, oh, no, yeah. I had shingles, and everybody else was weirdly ill. Um, but Anthony Grande was wearing a mask. You know, he was, yeah, yeah, and I just, and that was a thing, like, we, we all noticed know, he was yeah. wearing a mask, mask. like, yeah. but now, I don't even think, you know what, the only thing I do think when I'm walking around a public place now is, that guy's not wearing a mask. Who is? Or, yeah. oh dude, yeah, yeah that's yeah, definitely yeah. protecting people, wearing it around your chin, your bell end, like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like honestly, I think I think masks aren't going to permanently go away. I think the people who care, you know, the people the people who don't want to spread illness, whenever they get ill now, it'll be like 
it'll be like second instinct to put whacker mask on. You know, when you go whacker. Do you think masks mask are gonna stay yeah. the same as what they are now? Do, like, do you think? No, mate. Spacesuits. No, I Grass think there's got, to, there's got to be something. The masks can't just stay the way that they are. Now they're so necessary. You know, at the time, when, say, so, so when you used to, if you get to the hospital and they wear them, like, it's just a temporary thing, but now it's become a way of life. Do you think they're yeah. just going to stay that cloth yeah. way? Or do you think we're going to have, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be built into clothing. And I know that for a fact, because I, I went, I went to Primark, other shops are available, and I bought a hoodie, um, and it's got like a snood in it. It's like, so you, you pull, pull up, up and as a I mask. know that that's, I know that that's come out because it's, and it got me. Yeah. Like I yeah. bought one. No, just, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's totally going to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I like, that's, that's what I reckon. I think live stream gigs aren't going away and face masks aren't going away. They're obviously going to become way less than they are now, yeah. but. But I think we'll just learn. It's going to be a normal thing. And like I said, the best solution will be bands touring and then broadcasting a yeah. show of the tour after the tour. Okay, so massive tangent, but it doesn't really matter because um, well, it, there's no reason. It, just, it matters so less that it doesn't matter why. Um, but we were talking about how you got into music and we got to a certain point and we've approached... Oh, uh, yeah, play, we, yeah, trying to we, play a power we, So chord. we're going to try, just, just as a rule of thumb, just for now, just to keep these episodes at an hour. This one probably will be about an hour and a half, but um, we will try to get them around about an hour. Um, but I don't want to stop there. I, don't want, I, I want you to, 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 to reach a point where you are now. Finish the story. So where did we get okay. to? Okay, all right. So we got to us recording that album in three oh, yeah. days, 16 songs. Um, and so that was my first band. And what we did was we gave that CD out in school. Uh, actually, no, we sold it. We made a proper little business actually out of it. We sold it, I think. Like, we, we, made, so, we made a load of money out of that. And, um, and then um, there was like a school program. It, it, it was kind of like a talent show but it wasn't a talent show it, it wasn't a competition it was just like can you do something uh, do you want to do it on the stage do, do it tonight after school yeah sick and uh, everyone knew we were in a band because we'd given out these CDs and so we got the headline slot at this not a talent show but kind of it was like a mixed arts evening sponsored by by the way I lived in Wales for anyone listening it was in Snowdonia and Wales, a town called Dogetley. Yeah. Sean's been there. And um, uh, so, you know, it's quite a small school. And uh, I think there was probably about 100 people there. And that was my first ever gig at it, playing rock music in front of people. And uh, there was no PA. And so what I used, because... My PA was so small. We had my PA on the side and then I had a guitar amp that uh, I'd split. The My microphone also went to Jack, <laughs> by the way. I had, had a Jack connection and I split it with a splitter and put one end into the guitar amp and just turned it all the way up. And still, 
No one could really hear me properly unless they were stood right in front of either of the speakers or the guitar amp. And so they were basically watching an instrumental gig unless they were in like, apart from five people in front of the, in front of where it's supposed to be. But you know what, right? The atmosphere was incredible. The energy, everyone was jumping, like screaming. And we all jumped in and crowd surfed at wow. the end. <laughs> and I remember it because our bassist was quite a tall, he wasn't like, fat but he was a big guy like a a a big like you know like a just a big person and um what happened was he jumped into the crowd first and they struggled so much to keep him up that as they were pushing him away that he needed so many people to walk with him that it left a hole and our guitarist jumped straight into the hole and someone caught his legs oh, no. but not his head and he just went <laughs> whack straight onto the floor at the end of the gig. And also a funny thing that happened was that there was a DJ on in between the acts that the school had hired and... He had no idea about anything that was going on. And he asked some random girl who was there, he goes, oh, who's on next? Uh, and she replied with, Dim Sonyad, which means no idea, because she didn't know, right? And he goes, I remember him going over his little DJ PA. He goes, and next on the stage is Dim Sonyad, <laughs> which meant no idea. And... Everyone thought we were called No Idea just because he'd asked someone what the band was called. They went, no idea. It's, it may be how he presented <laughs> and, uh, it. <laughs> no idea. Yeah, literally. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so that was the first gig. And I, obviously, I was hooked after that, as you would be, I'm sure. You know, we'll get into how you got yeah, into music probably the, in another next podcast. One. Probably yeah. the next podcast, that let's be honest. Seems like the right thing and, um, Yeah, and uh, I was hooked... I was hooked. I worked on playing guitar a bit more. Tom Carr became better at drums than me, so I stopped learning how to play drums better. Kind of stayed at a point that I was at, and I'm probably still at that point today of the, of the level of drums. I mean, I I uh, started giving drum lessons for a bit, uh, just like to beginners. Grade I can teach grade one to grade three, and and that was like, yeah, you know, I can still there. I'm still at grade three. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And. Um, Anyway, so that band went through different versions of itself. Uh, it was called Heroes for All. We played this like local festival in Dolgetlai called Session Vaur, and um, that was quite a big thing for us because that was like the biggest thing that happened in the area at the time. It was like a proud moment. And I, there's a video. There's a video of me playing that festival, and I've got lyrics on pieces of paper on the floor because oh, I couldn't remember that. them. I've done Literally. that. Yeah. And... Um, and then um, the band kind of slowly fizzled out. Each member start, you know, started not being able to come to as many practices. I remember we changed bassists. Um, we, uh, I moved to Aberystwyth, and then we met this guy called Lee Walker, yeah. who you've also yeah. met, I believe. And, um, uh, and he replaced our old bassist. And then we decided to, we met another guy called Rodri and, ch and started a new band. So it's me, Lee Walker and Tom Carr and this guy called Rodri. And we started a band called Student Tragedy. And then some, some student in Aberyst, we were called Student Tragedy for about a year. And then some guy, I don't know why we're called Student Tragedy. Don't ask me. It was it was just a, a random name generator. Did you actually and, get it from um, a... Some student... Actually, so I don't know. Stupid. Tom Carr. <laughs> Tom Carr came up with a name, and I can't remember. I'll have to ask him. 
Um, but a student in Aberystwyth fell out their window, first floor window, onto a spiked <gasps> railing. They got impaled and they died. And I remember we were playing a gig in town at the time and we had posters up everywhere saying student tragedy this Friday at the Angel Inn. And it was horrible because um, the newspaper, the Cambrian News, the local newspaper wrote something saying disrespectful band uh, names themselves after tragic death of student. And it was like, we didn't at all. Like, like, no. (laughs) I'm going to sound like a bit of an arsehole. So we changed our name. Any press is good press. (laughs) No, that was not good press. Um, So we changed our name to... Did we go straight from that to... My favourite runner-up. Now, some people that are listening... Maybe if you've sent a few people this podcast, Chris, some people may have heard that one, because that was was the one, wasn't it? Yeah, so by this time, it was about 2008, 2009, something like that. And um, it was still me and Tom Carr and Lee Walker, but Rodri had left. And, um, and we got a new guy in, one of Lee's friends. He was called Andy Tao, who, by the way, you haven't met him. He's an absolute legend. He's now a barber living near Bournemouth somewhere, right? And, um, uh, and he's great. And I miss him. And all of his lead riffs, right, were exactly the same riff. Um, <laughs> it was this. Hang on. It was uh, literally... Uh, this was the whole My Favourite Runner-Up album. It's like this. Sorry, Andy. You know it's true. This is it now. Just different variations of that, like... It was basically handsome. <laughs> I was wondering, <laughs> I was like, what is that? Like a what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it was great. And we kind of clicked in a way. At that time, we'd started listening to Kids in Glass Houses and The Blackout and um, <clears throat> Lost Prophets. Let's not talk about that one. And Welsh um, bands. It was like. Uh, there was yeah there was a south wales music boom happening at that time 2009 it was like yeah a lot was going on in south wales all those bands i just said were from south wales and it was like we were in north wales but we had aspired to be part of this collection and you know what we'd go and play gigs away uh, like it was a big trek for us to drive even to where we live now which is birmingham we were traveling here and people were like oh Oh, you're a Welsh band? Fucking sick. Like, respect for you because of what was happening. And uh, we were kind of blinded by it in a way. I thought, yeah, we were cool, living in the middle of nowhere. Now I know it was a hindrance uh, and was slowing us down, stopped us from, definitely stopped us. You know, we should have moved. But uh, at the time, I thought it was cool and we were all proud of it, you know? And um, there was a producer called... Well, there is a producer <laughs> called Ramesh Godengoda. Uh, we're good friends now, actually. And he recorded a lot of the Kids of Glass Houses stuff. Um, he recorded The Blackout, um, Attack Attack, UK edition. <laughs> and um, uh, a lot of those bands oh, he did. Dude, um, do you know what? I've got a really embarrassing moment about Attack Attack. I'll just quickly, because I know we'll never get back to this. I what? Actually, okay. Dude, I was. I went to watch Lost Profits and they supported Attack Attack. Oh, no, sorry. Lo- sorry, Attack Attack supported Lost Profits. I don't know why I said that because that was Yeah, true. yeah, yeah. Right. And um, and I actually was a fan of the American Attack Attack 
didn't know there was two. And I was like, oh, dude, where's like... Well, I say I was a fan. I heard their cover of I Kissed a Girl uh, by Katy Perry. And it was a kind of like a screamo sort of thing. I was like just in college at the time. And um, I was like, oh, you didn't play your cover. <laughs> I literally met the singer at the end of this show. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you didn't play your cover. And, um, and the guy, he was so nice about it as well. And he went... His name, his that singer's name is Neil Starr. The guy Star. with glasses. Yeah, yeah. I literally spoke yeah. to him. He was at the merch stand. And, oh, man, I, like, I just think about it now. I mean, whatever. I was a kid. I was a little, I was kind of a bit of a spotty kid. So, but, like, it's just a little bit of a nerd. But, anyway, I, I said to him, oh, dude, I was like, you didn't play that cover. You didn't play I Kissed a Girl. Like, you didn't, I was like, I was like that, that cover's so cool. That's, that cover's... I said it and I don't even want to re-say it but I said that cover's probably like the best thing you've done <laughs> the guy literally yes. had every right to tell me where to go but he didn't and he said and he said nah man maybe next time like and I was like okay cool <laughs> yeah oh, fair play to him do you know what right I got um, Neil Starr because of his connection to Ramesh, so, so my story carried on into, we, we went, we decided we wanted to record with Ramesh, right? And it was a big step for us. Everything we'd done until that point was self-recorded. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. I'd obviously got a bit better since the Heroes for All days, but still, di- I mean, it didn't sound great. And um, we were like, oh, this is what we're missing. We're missing professional sounding stuff. Everybody was saying it. It's like, if you want to get somewhere, make sure your songs sound good. You know, no one's going to play you on the radio if your songs don't sound as good as, the, you know, the stuff on the radio. So we were like, right, let's go to a proper producer. And the only one we knew was Ramesh because he'd done all our favorite bands. And so we went to him and it, um, we saved up. All of us chipped in. Some of us more than others. as a standard <laughs> procedure in a band, as you know. And... Um, uh, and we recorded with Ramesh and you know what we were so proud of it we did an EP release show in Cardiff and Neil Starr supported us because we thought oh, let's get someone big to support us and more people will come and do you know what happened he came he played well he was actually amazing he was a really nice guy but did he did he even post about it or bring anyone? Nope. And I know now that's not what happens. If you know, like I, we expected to pay this guy to play at our show and he would <laughs> fill the room up with people who'd love us. But what happened was he brought like three or four, maybe five people, you know, uh, just his mates. And, and it, he was, he was awesome. He played attack attack songs acoustically and it was great. Um, but he left in the middle of our set <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was no hard feelings or anything. Uh, I still, you know, he's still a really nice guy, but like, it was a, it was an awakening for us. We were just like, what are we doing? What the hell are we doing? Why did we think that was going to do anything? That's so stupid. Like, uh, we've all like, made that. Yeah. We've all done like, that. Yeah. Well, not that yeah. particular thing, and, but like, um, things that we look back now and be like, whoa. Done. Yeah. yeah and you think, you'll hear oh, all mine. Um, and from that day, next episode. <laughs> yeah. And from that day, we sort of, um, Worked a bit harder as a band, to be honest. We um, we worked. We did a second EP with Ramesh. We did an album with Ramesh, and we did quite a lot of tourings. A few UK <laughs> we tourings. Did. <laughs> we did a lot of tourings, <laughs> and um, we did uh, some European tours as well. <clears throat> and um, 
you know, played some really good shows, to be honest. Um, a really a set, a set of nice people who were really nice to us is a, a guy called Andy Gallanders and Ian Shaw, who were yeah. who we still know today. Ian Shaw works yeah. with our friend Ryan for a, a promotion company called Surprise Your Dead Music um, in Birmingham. But Ian at the time w- worked in Wrexham with a guy called Andy Gallanders, and they ran a venue called Central Station, which you, which uh, Neck Deep actually sing about in one of their songs. Um, because Neck Deeper from Wrexham as well. And those guys put us on shows we didn't deserve to be on. And actually, we, you know, we supported Tonight Alive. We supported Medina Lake, uh, Fearless Vampire Killers, uh, and a few festivals they put on there with a load of different bands. And they put things like when Enter Shikari were playing there, they'd put our music videos on the TVs in between the bands and stuff. Like, they were so nice to us. And they... Without those guys, actually, do you know what, right? Thank you so much, Andy and Ian, like for, for helping us out with that. And everyone who was involved, Skip at the time as well. Like, Wrexham became our home away from home. That, was, that, that Central Station became our hometown venue, even though we lived nearly two hours away. Like, um, uh, and we had such a good time there. And that playing in front of people there led to us getting better tours and stuff. And the band eventually plateaued and some shit happened. And uh, our first person to leave the band was Andy. He'd, he, he, he'd got a bit, our lead guitarist, he'd got a bit bored. Uh, he felt like the atmosphere wasn't as good and that we weren't getting anywhere. And after, after that happened, Boots had joined the band by then, our friend Boots. Um, and then Boots ended up replacing Andy when he left. We carried on going for a, a, a bit longer. Our bassist left. Then Tom Carr, our drummer, left. And it was just me and Boots. And then we had two fill-ins, a guy we'd met in Birmingham called Brad and uh, a guy called James Skidmore who played bass. Um, and we'd met Brad through uh, our sound engineer at the time, Paul Squires, I believe. And Brad... Um, we played with him for a while in my favorite runner up. And then he introduced yeah. us to you, Sean, when we were looking for, an, uh, start I looking into Brad starting a new band, which <clears throat> walk the moon show. Yeah. Oh, that's it. It wasn't through so, Paul. Yeah. It wasn't through our sound engineer. You're right. I think we should Brad totally get Brad Sorry. on this yeah. uh, podcast so, as well. Cause he's quite a funny guy. Um, but yeah, carry on. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so um, it, we were still my favorite runner-up at the time. Uh, Brad had played for us, and we were just like, uh, we're missing all the members. I was the ori- only original member, and I felt like we'd then been a band, right? Get this, my favorite runner-up was a band for ten years. I know. So this was, yeah, that that makes sense. Oh, nine and a half, nearly ten years, and. Um, so that, yeah, so that brings us to the moment where we decided to start a new band. And Boots, at the time, was, was, on, was on about leaving and becoming, doing his own solo project um, as a singer. And I was like, oh, I really want you to be in, the, in this new band with me. And he goes, oh, like, I just really wanted to be a singer. And I was like, 
well then be the singer I, i've done singing i've done singing for the last 10 years i'm, I'm all right I, I would love to actually just play guitar for a bit to be honest mate do some backing vocals because i don't know about you sean but when i'm singing along to a song in the car i don't know if anyone else does this actually It'd be interesting to know but i'd sing harmonies yeah. i sing harmonies and backing vocals i don't I go sing through phases vocals. of that yeah yeah you, you're the same yeah yeah, I, I always do it. And I, I tend to enjoy finding the harmony, inventing harmonies. Harmony, some sort of weird vibration that oh. happens in the soul and in the brain. Yeah. And uh, it's, quite good. it's quite good. Yeah, oh, I, man. I do that. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. And so I thought, right, this is a sign. Boots wants to, be, Boots wants to sing. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't want to sing just because he wanted to sing. He wanted to sing because he wanted to sing lyrics yeah. that meant something to him. That's what he. That's why he did it. And uh, anyway, so that's how the idea of um, led by lanterns. Well, we were going to be called arcs, <laughs> and uh, so it would have been. So it's me, Boots, Brad, and we didn't have a bassist. And Brad was like, "Oh, now this guy Sean, he's really good. He's a singer. In a, he's a singer as well, so you can have more harmonies. And uh, he doesn't play bass, but he can play bass because he plays guitar, right? And we were like, "Oh, sick! Let's." Uh, uh, let's meet him and obviously then you came and you ca yeah then you came round I remember, I remember when you first came <clears throat> and round and I remember the moment you decided yeah. and that I was the guy yeah it's oh, cuz um and I knew you were you know what I could talk about it now I knew you were watching me at this point I knew I was being judged I knew that it wasn't a, a cut and dry thing <laughs> that where like so I was singing in a band before. Obviously, we'll get into that in the next episode. But I was singing in a band before, and then I got asked to play bass by Brad. And I was like, nah, why would you play bass? Like, unless you're well into it and you're dead good, it's not fun. At least I didn't think so. But obviously, <laughs> Chris lives in a, an abandoned college. Again, we'll speak more about it. We, we won't go into that now. But um, <clears throat> uh, I he showed me that there was a room available and so I was like, yeah, mate, I'll play bass. This place is so cool. Um, and uh, I remember the moment we were in the, in the uh, little practice room, which was probably like the history classroom at the time. And um, uh, you were watching me uh, try to figure out how to play recovery. Uh, recovery is the only song that I wasn't involved with. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was our first single yeah. as Led by um, Lanterns. And yeah. I was looking at the at what Brad was doing with his kick. And I was like, what are you doing with your kick there? And I was like trying to match the bass. And to be quite honest, I only did that. One, because you were watching. And two, because I've seen somebody else that's really good at bass do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> You've never told me this like, before. I was like, what are you that's doing with funny. your bass? And then I literally, you then looked at Brad and nodded. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm definitely in there. Like, <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely in here. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. And, and I guess like, from that point, me and mine and your yeah, stories align. Is, so we can talk about our story three. from there. And like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's actually a good idea. So like, we, you had my, my life story up until the point of meeting you, Sean. And then next time we'll have yours until you met yeah, me. And then we can cool. carry on together. Uh, but this is obviously the podcast isn't just going to be the stories oh, of no. our lives. We're going to... 
We will. This wasn't. We t- we yeah. talked about a bunch of shit on this. You know. Yeah. Um, so. Okay. I think I actually yeah. think because I don't want these episodes to go too long. Right. <clears throat> it's not the Joe Rogan podcast where they do like a three-hour episode every day. Um, yeah. However, they it's are mad. very interested. And I do listen to them all the time. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a good time to wrap it up. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah thanks, for, thanks for listening. I don't know whether we're going to be doing a weekly thing or uh, a fortnightly thing, maybe. Or like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's definitely not going to be a daily thing. But I think it all depends. I've, a fortnightly sounds, it fortnightly does does sound, sound like yeah, a good idea right now. It depends. If this takes me like... Because I'll be editing in it, so like, if it if it takes a little bit, this was only meant to be a test, but I do like a little trial. But I do know that what we spoke about is yeah probably worthy of putting out. So <clears throat> I um, yeah, I mean, I even if so. nobody listens to it, I, I kind of want to get a structure on how to edit this and how to do. It. So that was kind of what this was for. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know how frequent. We're going to do this. Uh, we don't have a name. We, we literally decided we were going to do this yesterday. Um, uh, and there's literally nothing else to it. I don't know. how. I, all I know yeah. is that we're going to have a few guests on at some point. We might do some features down the line where we can try to make it a little bit more fun. Um, and then probably set up like an email. Or if you just message us. I'll tell you what, if, if you if you want to message us about anything about the podcast, even though it's the first episode, just message us on Instagram is probably the best thing to do. Either message uh, Led by Lanterns on Instagram or Chris Lanterns or Sean Lanterns. Just just message us and we'll we'll read it and if we can remember if we remember we'll uh we'll just we'll mention it for the next podcast but um <clears throat> yeah so thanks yeah. for listening and uh see you yeah. see you on right. the next one cool bye